Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hi, I'm Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We are seeking to discover Christ in everything from the banal to the sublime. And this is Fools Fools for for Christ. So welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in or pulling up the app, whatever, however you choose to listen. (laughs) Um, We're glad you're here. We're glad to be here. Yes. So what are we talking about today, Kimmy? We are talking about how to develop a habit of praying and reading with scripture, how to fall in love with the word of God. Nice. That is one of my favorite things. I think without um, without scripture to sustain me, I don't know if I would have been able to continue as a Christian, which is kind of a strong statement, but it, to me it is just one of the um, the most important parts of my relationship with God, and so many times that it has sustained my relationship with Him and helped me to draw near. So I'm excited to share that with other people, <laughs> and I really hope that through this show, you, the listener, and anybody you know who you share this with, can come to love the Word of God more and make it a bigger part of your spiritual diet. Of your spiritual diet. Yeah. <laughs> spiritual lifestyle, too, if you will. Yeah. Um, so whether you already read Scripture a ton, you read it every day, you've read more than us, you've read every book of the Bible multiple times, or you really don't know how to start. In fact, maybe you've never really read the Bible to begin with. Uh, we think that you'll get something out of this show and find a way to make your relationship with God deeper, richer, more full by becoming more intimately familiar with the Word of God. So our first piece of advice, um, if you if you don't have a Bible that you already really like, find one. Um, perhaps the the best advice I ever heard on what Bible you should get, what what translation you should read, is the one that you will actually open and read. Yeah. Um, you know, you may have, have heard, oh, this translation is the best, that translation the best. There might be one that's more accurate. There might be one that represents certain mysteries of the faith more beautifully. But if you just don't like the wording and if it's awkward and if you get bored and you find yourself unlikely to read it, that's not the best one for you to yeah. read. Um, so find a translation you like. And <laughs> to go with that, find a Bible that looks nice if that's important to you. I mean, yeah. if it needs gold pages, if it needs a leather binding. <laughs> I mean, make, geez, make sure the print is easy to read. Nobody wants to read mouse print. Um, it's got to be big enough. So uh, there's no shame in getting a large print edition. I actually, I don't have any vision problems, but I prefer a large print Bible because I just they usually make the font really small regardless. And yeah. so it's nice to have a little bit of eye relief. But. Yeah. And so I know I personally, I've been praying with an RSV translation. And the reason for that for me is simply that's what was required for me when I was doing going through my studies. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and so as I started to get familiar with the RSV, I started writing in, in pencil in the margins. And so now as I pray, I'm reminded of the historical evidence behind yeah. different things and oh, this is one of the covenants, oh, this passage is important, or sometimes there's even just little hearts that I drew because it was particularly impactful yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I was initially reading that 
passage. Which kind of reminds me, uh, don't be afraid to write in your Bible. I think sometimes people, with good reason, treat Bibles very respectfully and and think, oh no, I can't write in this. To me, I think it's it's almost like a, a little bit of a notebook or a journal that you can keep between you and the Lord. And those are times when you should say, like, yeah, this, you know, right in the margin, this verse brought me consolation when I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a very a great Catholic apologist, Jeff Cavins, um, told a story about how the first Bible he had actually had a couple blank pages at the beginning. And he started using that to take down important notes, like when he bought his engagement ring, mm-hmm. when he proposed to his wife, when they got mm-hmm. married, when they found out they were having children. And he's going to pass that on to his kids. And That's so it's really this, I mean, yeah, really, really beautiful family heirloom that tells this, the history of the family, not just chronologically, but with respect to the, um, their faith development. Mm. Um, he, he left the church for a while and then came back. And so I can only imagine there's a page in there somewhere that talks about uh, him coming back to the mm. church and finding that fullness. And um, I would imagine as a child to go back and look at that and think, that's you know that was the moment when the lord redirected our family to to be part of the catholic church yeah so, oh that's so beautiful yeah well i personally read the nav yeah um i kind of go back and forth a little bit but right now that's just the translation that that resonates with me and it's easy to find i, I like to go to the usccb website and find their readings and, yeah um but it i don't i don't hold anything against anybody who reads another one so <laughs> yeah um, read the, the one you you want read the one that um that helps you read the most. Yeah. Yeah. And just so you know, the NAB Bible is the one that you hear on Sunday. Um, and it's, if you were to pick up a Bible that said it was a Catholic study Bible or a Catholic youth Bible, that's pretty generically going to be an NAB, a New American Bible. Yeah. Easy to find in, in any Christian bookstore or Catholic bookstore. Um, and if you're, if you're new to this, if you just haven't really read the Bible much, I would recommend you start with what I would kind of say is the center point, which will help you understand the whole Bible. Yeah. And that would be one of the Gospels. So Mm -hmm. um, very briefly, the Gospels are, there are four of them, and they are narratives about the life of Jesus. And Mm -hmm. they're unique in that, with the exception of the book of Acts, no other book contains a direct quotation from Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so they really hold a special place in the life of Christians, and that um, this is literally words that came out of the mouth of the incarnate God. I mean, that's that's why we stand at Mass when we hear them. Um, So start with a gospel. Um, If you want an easy one, Mark is the shortest. It's 16 chapters. Um, You could, if you did four chapters a night, you'd have that thing done Monday through Thursday. Um, (laughs) Very straightforward, easy reading. Mm -hmm. Uh, But really, any of them are are easy to read. You could get through any of them in a week or, or two weeks by just reading a few chapters a night. And they're all, they're all beautiful. Yes. So, um, that's a great place to start. Um, if another thing, if you, if you find that, um, you get confused, um, just find a commentary, whether that's on one book in particular or all of scripture. Um, just some <clears throat> names that we came up with authors that we think you can trust and yeah. go to. This is not exhaustive. There's plenty of other good ones out there, but uh, Scott Hahn is a go-to. Yeah. Um, I would say, I mean, if, like, let's say you want to learn more about the Mass, you can read the Lamb's Supper to learn both more about Scripture. You, he'll give you great things to read and, and ponder on, but also explain the the biblical grounding of the Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, another another great one. I actually have this book in front of me right now. is by Peter Kreeft. 
or Crafe, depending on how you pronounce it, uh, You Can Understand the Bible is the title. So Peter Crafe, You Can Understand the Bible. And frequently the, the problem I run into with books on scripture, they're so long that I either yeah. I have to choose read, to read scripture or to read a book on scripture, and then I don't, I don't actually do what I want. This book, it, it has a very, very short introduction to any book in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost, it gives you a framework on which to hang the details. So let's say you, know, you want to read Genesis or Exodus or mm-hmm. First Kings. Well, he's only gonna, each chapter in Peter Craig's book is only about three pages. And so we probably almost always have time to read that. <laughs> um, and then you can really get right into the scripture yeah. with a picture of what's going on. Um, and who that author is speaking to. Yeah, and... exactly. Yeah, it's it does a lot to really set the context for the gospel or the book that you're reading. Um, I, I know my favorite commentary, and I, I'm not sure if this is something that you would go out and buy. I know we have a copy here at my new office, which I'm so excited about, <laughs> but the ancient Christian commentaries. And so that is something that whenever I'm trying to dive into scripture and understand it better... Um, that commentary offers the church fathers, so the first, some of the first Christians, and their commentary on those particular scripture passages. So um, that's one of the ones that I personally like as well. Do you have a favorite? A favorite, like a church father? Yeah. Um, I find Ambrose. Um, there are a couple of his quotes that I just get super excited about. Um. No, but they're all, it's just, there's always something good. Yeah. There's always something, a treasure when I open up that commentary. Yeah. No, I, I personally, I gravitate towards St. Bernard of Clairvaux, who almost, he's so, oh, he's so late. Like he, he's he tends good. to, he's like the the last father of the church, but no, he's so, he's a good such one. a beautiful writer. Um, but in addition to those authors, Peter Craft and Scott Hahn, uh, if you go to our last podcast from... Um, what day was that? So it was a week ago, so that would have been the, the second. May 2nd. Um, we talked about some podcasts and, and webcasts and just YouTube videos you can use. All of those would be good resources and frequently, if not always, talk about Scripture and just kind of open it up a little bit for you. Sometimes it might be a little confusing. You know, was, those books were written 2,000 years ago or more. And so it's understandable if you don't understand everything in them. Um, mm-hmm. But just keep reading and educating yourself. Yeah. Um, and another point this this really helps me um there are some books that are shall we say less exciting than others and so don't you don't need to feel bad if you really don't like reading genealogies or um numbers numbers yeah i mean that's that book it literally is a census Uh, (laughs) that i you know i can't imagine reading a u.s census report and being enthralled Uh, so it's okay to go to the books that are more exciting. I mean, if your goal is to read scripture, your goal is to uh, to just digest and, and take in the word of God more, find something that holds your attention. Yeah. Uh, I mean, something that's, that's a little more exciting or that's brief. I mean, you can read the letter to Philemon, St. Paul's letter to Philemon in the New Testament yeah. or, um, or Titus. I'm positive that you could read Philemon in under five minutes, <laughs> um, probably under three minutes. And I think you could do the same with Titus. Well, and that gives you... Um, the foothold that gives you yeah. the that you, you need in order to get the momentum of reading more scripture. Yeah, it gives you that kind of pat on the back of like I accomplished a whole book. Yeah, 
And you, now I can keep going. You like you unlock a new part of the map or something. When you, you <laughs> like you've defeated a new level. Go up experience. Level two. Congratulations, Dan. Reading scripture is now a video game. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Um. Uh, well, actually I did that. I used to do that when we did our Catholic campus ministry retreats. We would have um adoration of the Blessed Sacrament throughout the night. Mm -hmm. And I would frequently sign up for the three AM hour just because it was you know, it was a sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've always found that making that extra sacrifice really reaps the benefits and the reward. Um, and so at 3 a.m., what I would do is read the Song of Songs. And it probably took me about 45 minutes to read. So if I read it prayerfully and slowly and took my time to allow the Holy Spirit to move, I would read it within the hour. Um, and it was just a beautiful, very... Um, intimate moment with the Lord, um, to, to read his word with him. Um, and, but to read that in its completion and in its context, that was really beautiful. Yeah. yeah that is. So how did, was there, was there like any, like when I think of the length of the song of songs, I would imagine that would take less than an hour to read, um, just going through, but, uh, was there like, so when you read scripture, especially in like a, a um, like trying to pray with scripture, what do you do? Me? Yeah. As if there's someone else here. <laughs> <laughs> when I try to pray with scripture, I um, I tend to go more of an Ignatian, take more of an Ignatian approach. And so I've also heard this called imaginative prayer. Okay. And so um, it's placing yourself in the scene of scripture and it's encountering the people as real people. And encountering the environment as it sounds and feels and um, using your senses in prayer uh, and, and imagining what that is like. Yeah. And so I find that to be a way to immerse myself in what the Lord was speaking, what God was speaking through okay. the scripture. Because gotcha. if scripture is divinely inspired, then there's something God is trying to say at each moment and point throughout scripture and it's an entire love story because God is love and so he's always trying to speak love to us and so finding that um, finding that becomes easier when I'm immersed in the passage yeah so um, some of the things that I find helpful are to really ask there a set of questions so first you picture the setting you imagine the scenery and the landscape what do the buildings look like um, what do the hills and valleys look like? What does the Sea of Galilee look like? What do you hear? Do you hear the sound of, of the Sea of Galilee? <laughs> do you hear the fishermen going out in the morning? Do you hear the bird calls, the seagulls over the sea? Um, what kind of day is it? Is it a hot day? Is it a warm? Is it kind of cool? Is there a nice breeze? Um, and remember, this is all you imagining it. It's your experience right. of this prayer. This has nothing to do with having a right answer. Mm -hmm. um, we do our best to have an educated answer in this. <clears throat> and an edu educated imagination. But really it's about you encountering Jesus in that moment. And so you immerse yourself in the scene in order to encounter the people. Gotcha. And so then, so once you've pictured the setting, you start to see the people. Who are the main characters of that scripture? Um, what do they look like? 
what are they wearing? How do they speak? You know, what's the tone of the voice? I find the tone to be particularly important because when at times <clears throat> just someone's tone will make the whole thing sound different. It could be something like a command. Yeah. <clears throat> or it could be like a, a pleading, you know? It, even just saying stop. <laughs> I mean, you can say that so many different ways. And so looking at the tone of the way the person is speaking is, I find to be particularly important right. when I'm trying to immerse myself. Mm -hmm. um, so that's listening to the people, listening to the narrated dialogue, listening to what they're saying, and um, imagining the thoughts behind what they're saying. Like if they're saying, if someone's saying stop, <laughs> yeah. Are they saying stop because they care about the person? Or are they saying stop because they haven't, um, they perceive some danger? Yeah. Is it because they know better? Are they speaking out of pride? You know, so what are the thoughts behind what they're saying? Yeah. So kind of like jumping into the, the song of songs there, like when the beloved is speaking to the lover, like what are the, what are the thoughts behind there? Like, mm -hmm. uh, my beloved put his hand to the latch and my heart was stirred within me. Mm -hmm. That um, just Almost getting into the, the mind and heart of that author as they're writing in this, this beautiful dialogue with God. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look at the actions that the people are taking. So not only what they're saying, but also what they're doing. Because that's how we get to know people, by yeah. how they speak and how they act. Mm -hmm. And so consider how they're acting. Um... And that, I mean, that scripture gives you that. Yeah. It, the thoughts are frequently something that you have to imagine and fill in. Right. Based on the actions, but the actions are what scripture is just telling you. Right. So this kind of gives um, a, I, like two images come to my mind. Mm -hmm. um, one, it's like you're, you're painting this beautiful scene. And so you start with the big details. You start with the background, the environment, the sounds, mm -hmm. the smells, whatnot, very much engaging all your senses. Yeah. And then you go to very, very specific. So like uh, the people in that painting start to come alive, so to yeah. speak. And, you know, what are they doing? What's their, what's their posture? What's their habit? What's their, their intention? You start to get into their mind. Um, and really, the other thing, which is like much less reverent and sacred, was the movie Inception. And like, <laughs> you're imagining. So you imagine that like the, the person, if I remember correctly, who's in charge of like the, the dreamscape that you're creating in Inception yeah, yeah, yeah. has to come up with all of the details. And so you have to be incredibly imaginative. But just the almost the freedom there to make as you enter into your imagination it, using scripture to create that world with as much detail and intricacy yes. as possible. And not, <clears throat> it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, the goal is not to like to populate this perfectly detailed world, mm, no. but to give yourself this setting which you can enter into to make it much more natural mm -hmm. to hear the word of God. Right, because uh, then at once you've created this, and once you've listened to what's happening and what scripture tells you the actions are, then you enter into a dialogue with Jesus okay. at that scene. And so, um, I'll just give an example of one that I've prayed with recently, the calling of the disciples. Um, entering into the scene, I saw Peter and Andrew casting their nets mm -hmm. into the Sea of Galilee. And I took in the sights and sounds. And 
um, as I was standing there, I was, when I placed myself in the scene, I was standing next to Jesus as he was looking out at these two disciples. And the question that rose up in my heart was, what do you see when you look at them? Like, wh what, what was it that you were looking at the moment before you called them? And, um, and so then I looked at them, and what I saw was them working in perfect harmony, casting their nets. Yeah. And how difficult of an action that is, and how much skill and effort it takes to cast those nets the way that they used to. And how they did it so in sync and in harmony with one another, in perfect balance. And so I was looking at their brotherhood. Um, and so then I entered into a dialogue with Jesus about that. About where that was missing in my life. Gotcha. Because that was immediately where I went, you know, that I was missing that. Lord, where, where do I need to grow there? So had you not kind of created that whole scene and began to see those two brothers working like that, you wouldn't have, that, that image of scripture, that really beautiful depth and richness of the word of God wouldn't have been revealed to you. Right. Yeah. That imagining that prayer and imagining that space allowed the Lord to speak to me um, in a much clearer way. Wow. I, I really want to, like, I can't wait to try it. <laughs> I'm going to go back and, and have to, like, re-listen to all of your steps in there. But no, that sounds very beautiful. Um, well, one of, uh, one of my almost preferred uh, methods of, of reading scripture Praying with scripture is, I would say, similar, um, but not doesn't necessarily go into um, use the imagination in the same way. Yeah. It's Lexio Divina. So mm. um, there's a good chance if you're listening, you have already heard about Lexio Divina. You may do this already. Um, if you don't know what it is, I'm going to recommend one resource, although you can probably find dozens out there that are good. Um, but that's Father Luke Dissinger. That's D Y S I N G E R. Uh, he is a Benedictine priest. And he has a very, very good walkthrough, both on his own personal site, and I think that walkthrough has been uh, kind of recreated or, or copied, old cloth, and put onto some other sites as well. Um, but the say the um, the overall goal or gist of Lexio Divina is a slow reading, almost like a marination, um, mm. allowing allowing the word of God to soak in. And so uh, when I do this with students and when I, when I kind of teach this, I, I use a funny image and that's of a cow chewing its cud, um, <laughs> which it sticks with people um, as, as odd as it is, but you are, um, so if you ever think of this, like the, the word rumination and a ruminant animal, which is what a cow is, are related. And it's this idea you just sit with something and allow it to, to continue to process. And mm -hmm. so um, Lexio Divina is a way of, like a, a very active way of allowing that rumination, the, the word of God to almost digest inside of you. Um, so the, at least my steps are always, um, I'll pick a passage that's maybe like four to, usually four to eight, could be four to 12 verses long. And um, I'll read it once, like a normal time through. Mm -hmm. And then I'll read it a, uh, a second time, slower, and then I'll go much, much slower. Mm. Um, and essentially, I'm looking for those verses that like always repeat in my mind and in my heart. And w without knowing why, I find myself repeating it. Like, mm -hmm. um, I am the vine, I am the vine, I am the vine in, in John 15. And, and I'll, after the third time, I'll recognize and I'll say, all right, Lord. 
this is what you are asking me to pray with. And so if you're, if you're looking for a new method, um, you could try Kimmy's method, you could try Alexio Divina, you could try them both. But the first steps would be just do a really slow double or triple reading of that passage of scripture yeah. you want to know more of. And I, I mean, I would say do that regardless of which yeah. method. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but specifically, that's the Lexio Divina method. Yeah. But I would do that even if you're doing another method of yeah. praying. So that's the, the first step. There are five, kind of four traditional and a fifth added one recently of Lexio Divina. There's the first step, which is reading. The second step is meditation. The third step is praying or entering into a, a dialogue with God. The fifth step is contemplation. And the, the last step is action. Um, so once you you recognize that phrase, um, you just kind of sit with it and maybe say it to yourself again multiple times. Go back and read over it, um, and allow the almost allow the Lord to illumine that for you. And um, silence is probably helpful in this in this kind of prayer, especially so mm-hmm. that you can hear that still small voice of the Lord. Um, and I mean, it, lest this sound a little like a little too simple. I really think the Lord will tell you what he wants you to to know and understand yeah. from that passage and why he was highlighting that. And that's when you transition into that next phase. There's probably not like a very clear line. You just generally shift into the third stage, which is praying or dialogue with God. And that's when, um, so as the Lord is speaking to you about that passage, you then begin to respond and uh, almost give your your yes to the Lord, give your response to what the Lord is saying. Once you, you feel comfortable with where you are, then you can move into the, the next stage, which would be contemplation. Or uh, the image I like to, to use is basking, like basking in the sun. Mm. You're sitting there in the light and love of the Lord with the message and this news he's given you. And just enjoy it. And sit mm-hmm. there and um, almost like you're, you're holding a new baby or something. Um, <laughs> and just be very, uh, don't, don't rush that step. Just you know, wherever the Lord has you, take the time with that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the Gospels are particularly rich with this because we literally have the words of Jesus Christ that we can go on. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, there's probably n- almost nowhere in the Gospels, with the exception of maybe like genealogies, <laughs> that aren't great for doing, medi- uh, for doing um, Lexio Divina. Yeah. Because it's the word of Jesus Christ for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that final step is, what does the Lord want you to do? What action are you supposed yeah. to take? And so once you, you're done with that basking, uh, you know, you can't sit up on the hill with Jesus in the three tents forever. <laughs> you got to go down and do something. Um, and the, again, I, I really think the Lord will make known to you um, that action. And so this is when reading scripture becomes a very active part of our prayer life and our relationship yeah. with God. And that um, we use this as an opportunity to draw near to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's like he gives us these little missions and says, okay, now this is what I want you to work on next, or this is where yeah. you're supposed to go next. So, well, we hope that you have found something in this podcast that can help you uh, pray with scripture, jump into scripture more. We would really encourage you in this next week, um, pick a book of the Bible to start reading. Um, you can read it just straight through, or you can try to pray with it. So you can use Kimmy's method, you can use mine. You might have your own, or you might find another. Pay attention to where the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Absolutely, yeah. So the way that I I tend to recognize that, and if Jan, if you have another way, please let me know, but let us know. But um, if a particular phrase or word sticks out to you and strikes you and kind of resonates 
with your heart or um, just kind of you're more drawn to that word or phrase. Yeah. That's that's where I tend to sit with it and right. really see what more God has for me there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I try very hard to be attentive to those subtle things, which I think ultimately are the Lord leading you to listen to one thing or another. So mm-hmm. no, I think that's great advice. Well, I am. I will take my own advice, and I will. will I'll give myself another challenge, and <laughs> which is, means he's giving one to me too. Yeah, <laughs> um, and that's uh, over the next week. I will try to read scripture more, so I will come back. Um, I think I am. My goal is going to be to read through Paul's letters, which I am less familiar with. So I'm, okay. I'm pretty familiar with Romans and Corinthians. Um, actually, no, I'm not as familiar with Romans. So I'm going to go through Romans, which is a fairly long letter. Um, and if I have time, I'll get to Hebrews. So that's okay. that's my goal. And uh, my spiritual director gave me a list of scriptures to work through. Okay. And so I'll see how many of those I can check off Gotcha. my list. Well, we, we won't treat it like a race because I hope we both win. <laughs> yeah, let's both win. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, it's not a zero-sum game. Well, thank you very much for joining us for this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we look forward to being with you next time. Until next time, God bless. God bless. Take care. Bye. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.